Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit session. I'm Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP. I'm Donna Williams, aka the Public Health Queen. And I'm Dr. Tamia Austin, aka Dr. Tamia Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our sickle cell disease awareness session. Um, when sickle cell came up, well, when me and Charlotte was talking about sickle cell, the first person that popped to my mind was Dr. Austin. Um, me and Dr. Austin was in the public health program together at FAMU, and um, I just know that you have a passion for sickle cell ever since we were at FAMU, so I was like, I know the perfect person who's going to nail this session. So if you can just give us a little bit of background about you, Dr. Austin. Well, so... I, I will qualify that I am AKA the sickle cell trait education lady. Um, I came to FAMU with a burning passion to find a way to add some credibility to my passions, uh, seeking a public health degree and uh, was through much tribulation and trial, which I know you know, <laughs> was able to persevere and completed a dissertation that was a social ecological examination of sickle cell trait knowledge amongst coaches, trainers, student athletes, and their parents at a, a historically black college and university in Florida. Uh, that research really solidified uh, something that I had suspected, of course, you're not really supposed to go to the research with an idea in mind, but ultimately it showed us that sickle cell trait knowledge is uh, not as vast as it should be. And the fact that I, I had been working for a foundation that was started by a young man who has sickle cell trait, who lost his brother, to sickle cell trait exertion, it just fueled that fire in me to discover and, and research ways to help people know that yes, sickle cell disease is very important. It does cause its uh, warrior community a lot of pain and crisis and even early death. But sickle cell trait is considered a benign condition in the research but there are adverse health effects even unto death and even a cancer that's associated that too many people don't know about. And, and that's what I'm uh, all about these days is it consumes me and, and willingly um, I, just to get the message out. And so my hashtag on a very daily basis is hashtag sickle cell trade education. Perfect. So I think Charlotte has a question for you. So I know that, um, so I work, I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, so I see a lot of these babies and I make sure, you know, we put on their problem list, like, you know, mom has sickle cell trait, dad doesn't know if he has sickle cell trait, um, or they may have like the full-blown disease. So for our listeners that don't know, would you mind just educating on the difference between having the full sickle cell disease versus just being um, a carrier with the trait? Okay, and I, I will be sure to qualify everything that I'm saying because I think a part of the reason why we have the knowledge gaps that we have is because of the language that we use. So I am diligent about saying that sickle cell trait is full-blown sickle cell trait 
and sickle cell disease is full-blown sickle cell disease just to try to get people to think about the fact that it is not oh just just the trait because uh, there are adverse health effects associated so with that said sickle cell disease it is the most common uh, genetic blood disorder in the world um, it is something that you are born with you're given it by your parents it is a genetic inheritance when you have sickle cell disease you have inherited uh, an abnormal hemoglobin gene from each of your parents that's often referred to as SS if you have sickle cell trait you have inherited one abnormal uh, blood uh, hemoglobin um, blood gene from one of your parents um, when you have sickle cell trait I'm sorry when you have sickle cell disease you uh, uh, I believe it's since 2005 uh, maybe it's 95 there have been newborn screenings mandated newborn screenings throughout the United States and based on that surveillance there's somewhere between 90 to 100,000 people in the United States that have sickle cell disease uh, I believe we're told that one in every 365 births is a sickle cell disease birth and those people are treated early with uh, fetal hemoglobin um, to try to increase life expectancy because especially in the earlier years or in or less recent years it cut down life expectancy where uh, children weren't living past 14 that age has now increased and we have people in the sickle cell disease community that are living well into their 70s 80s 90s and even hundreds um, but uh, it can be uh, mitigated managed with nutrition and uh, health practices but they uh, they often suffer with severe pain crisis because those sickled cells wherever they sickle whether it's in their eye wherever you have blood your blood uh, your blood cells can sickle and those sick that sickling uh, makes the blood uh, vessel I'm sorry blood cell go from a nice round plump shaped uh, blood cell to more uh, constricted and sticky and often uh, described as the shape of the sickle tool and, and that sickling makes them stick together and form clots. And those clots can form wherever blood forms, in the eye, in the heart, in the leg. And, um, and, and sometimes uh, often causing organ loss, such as spleen loss, sometimes stroke, uh, but severe, severe pain crisis. And unfortunately, a lot of sickle cell disease uh, warriors uh, are often considered to be drug seekers because they have such a high tolerance for the narcotics that it, it just seems unrealistic that you would need this much pain meds to manage your pain. But I've heard it described as taking a rubber band and wrapping it around your finger until the point that you can't take it. That is how some of them describe their sickle cell pain. Others describe it like taking a nail and that's like banged into a piece of wood and just taking that nail and just banging it into your legs. It is excruciating pain that unless experienced, it is unimaginable, but often 
the side effects of the use of the narcotics and the other things that are processed through the liver cause secondary effects. So it's not a, a walk in the park by any means, but there are definitely warriors that are surviving. Signal trade, on the other hand, depending on the amount or the percentage of abnormal hemoglobin can you know, cause a person to live what is described as a normal life, a pain-free life. But often we're hearing more and more that people living with sickle cell trait are having trait crisis pain that is sometimes described as cramps or sometimes described as growing pains. Um, and that is because they have that one abnormal um, gene that causes their blood to sickle. And when their blood sickles, it sickles wherever it sickles, and that can cause a clot, that can cause pain, that can cause throbbing and aching. Uh, and even in some trait carriers, um, sickle cell has, uh, it, it is also associated with a renal medullary carcinoma, which is a kidney cancer. Um, so there's a whole lot more research that has to be done. But ironically, this, this is the result of that natural selection in, in uh, malaria endemic uh, countries as protection. And now the protection is really only available to those that carry the trait, not necessarily the disease. Uh, it, it can still kill those with disease, but you know the United States is not a malaria endemic country. So there's other things that those trait warriors, as I call them, uh, end up having to deal with. And, and of, of course, hydration, elevation, and exertion are the three things that I preach as the main risk factors associated. So who should be tested for sickle cell, for the sickle cell disease? And is there a particular group that is most likely to be affected by this more than another uh, demographic or group? Well, okay. So sickle cell disease uh, and sickle cell trait can affect anyone. And I mean anyone, especially those of African, Latin, Asian, Indian, Italian, Irish, Greek, Turkish, or Mediterranean descent. Uh, migration, mixed race births, or anything has basically resulted in there being no pure anything anymore. I, I know people that identify as white that have sickle cell disease. I know people that identify as white that have sickle cell trait. So if you are, if you're intelligent enough to accept that this is not a skin color thing, this is a bloodline thing. And if you know your blood inheritance is, or blood heritage is Irish or part Italian or part Greek or Turkish, you should get tested. Is that, that's, it's just as plain as that. It's, um, there are varying levels of testing for sickle cell uh, we recommend that you go to a doctor. Now, if you have sickle cell disease, it's highly likely that you are aware. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but if, if you have trait, it, it's highly likely that you might not be aware. Um, but, and, and I, I, I mean, I counsel with hundreds of parents who have told me they did not know. Both parents having sickle cell trait birthed a child with sickle cell disease. And in a lot of cases, there have been severe uh, uh, crisis experienced by their children. And some parents have said, had I known, I wouldn't have pursued, uh, you know, childbirth with 
with this partner. So everyone, everyone um, needs to be tested. Everyone needs to just know for sure, rule it out. Uh, uh, as much as we talk about HIV and AIDS and all of that, I, sickle cell is right up there. So I know you talked about like hydration, exertion, and those kind of things. How does having sickle cell disease or sickle cell trait like affect people in their day-to-day lives? Okay, I'm going to give you guys this spiel every every time I do a presentation. <laughs> I ask people to think about the fact that we put water in our cars, we give water to our pets, we water our plants. Why? Why do we do that? And I'm asking you. Oh. <laughs> For like hydration. Hydration. We want to keep water the loop. Our, we want to keep our dogs from getting lethargic. We want to keep our plants from dying. We want to keep our cars from running hot. So what if I told you that in order for a human, sickle cell trait or not, sickle cell disease or not, but in order for a human, especially women, to not be dehydrated, we have to consume half our body weight in ounces of water a day. This is a newer school approach to hydration to the old approach, which was eight glasses of water a day. This is, excuse me, this is more customized. So based on your weight and of course activity, but weight kind of keeps it more customizable. If you weigh 200 pounds, how many ounces of water should you be consuming a day? 100 ounces. Okay. If you weigh 300 pounds, how many ounces of water should you be consuming a day? 150 ounces. Okay. Very, very simple. And that is to avoid dehydration. And so then I often ask the audience, okay, based on that formula, how many of us are dehydrated right now? Right. And most people raise their hands. I mean, usually it's a room full. And that is because dehydration is chronic. We don't know all that dehydration uh, does, but we do know that hydration is important for good blood flow. It's good for good elimination and bowel elimination. It's good for good skin. Um, Hydration, of course, helps you feel less lethargic. It keeps you from overheating and running hot. Uh, One of our mottos at the As One Foundation, where I'm the executive director, is if we sweat it out, we put it back. It's a, it's a reason why we feel thirst. Um, it's a reason why sometimes you can drink a soda, you can drink a Gatorade, but there's nothing like sometimes just drinking that water. And the reason is on a very basic uh, basis, your blood is pushed through your veins via hydration. That is how your oxygen is supplied throughout your body. And For people with sickle cell disease and sickle cell trait, those blood cells reproduce 50% slower than a normal blood cell. So if it takes uh, 60 days for your blood cells to regenerate in a normal person with normal hemoglobin, it's taken double that amount of time for a person with trait or a person with disease. So when you are exerting and you're putting out more your body as a trait carrier, as a disease person, is going to work harder and need more time to regenerate. And in the case of sudden death by sickle cell trait, that is not being allowed to happen. Your body is trying, 
but it is not working optimally because there is that slowdown, that 50% slowdown. So hydration is important for any of us, sickle cell trait or not. But when you imagine a person that needs that times two, they need that, you know, recovery times two, they need to be able to take some breaks times two and even more, and they're not getting it, something is going to go awry. And if you think about a car that runs hot, those parts just lock up and that car starts spewing and then is overheating and it might catch fire or it might just stop. And that's essentially your body is a, 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 a system of systems that are trying to go, but they need that water to help it go. And it's not there. It's just not there. So the, the, the hydration helps to move it along. It, it you know, just like uh, I, I heard a, a sickle cell disease person say that they, they do yoga they might, um, you know, do meditation and breathing just to try to continue the blood flow. And that's majorly important uh, in people that have sickled cells. Yeah. And even when talking about, um, you know, the length of time, I, I think that, like, for us and, like, me in general practice, the, you know, the couple things that they teach us about, you know, sickle cell disease and kids with sickle cell um, trait the sickle cell trait kids, we monitor them, right? But then we we do know and are taught that they may present with some some type of manifestation similar to patients with sickle cell disease. And it goes like this: pain management, hydration, oxygenation. And I'm gonna, yep. send you, and I'm gonna send you, like those three things I know. But I, you know, the normal um, like red blood cell is 120 days. That's four months. So for yep. a patient with sickle cell, it takes eight months for them to yep. themselves. So that, yep. that's definitely really like eye-opening for people. It, it'll take almost a year of what our body does in four months. It takes almost a year for patients with yep. to get brand new, um, brand new red blood cells. So that's definitely, you know, something that I, I think that's know. great that you're even taught that because um, I've been told by medical school students that they get the equivalent of approximately a paragraph within a week of genetic studies on sickle cell disease and the equivalent of about five minutes on sickle cell trait. So here you have a whole host of medical, you know, clinician practitioners that don't even know what they need to know about sickle cell disease and sickle cell trait. And it often, you know, leaves them ill-equipped and certainly leaves a patient uh, feeling, you know, on the sickle cell trait side, feeling like they're, they're, they're lying, they're making it up, uh, you must be crazy, there's nothing wrong with people that have sickle cell trait. And the disease people who have either built up a tolerance to higher dosages of pain meds, are looking like drug seekers because you know what are you go what am I going to do with a half a milligram? I need three milligrams, you know. Right. Uh, so, but with but with the medical community not fully armed with a good set of knowledge about it, uh, it just creates that constant tug of war that we, as community-based organizations, are trying to demolish. We really are trying to raise the IQ of our clinicians and our practitioners. But as but also the community through universal precautions, universal education. Let's just educate everybody the same way everybody gets educated in October for breast cancer. We we're just needing to educate everybody. 
because right. it, it, as far as I'm concerned, there's 300 million people in the world that need to understand this. And until I can go to any corner of this earth and get good information about sickle cell trait, not just the street committee, but really good, accurate, but people understand this is not a skin disease, a skin color thing. This is a blood line thing. Right. Then that's, that's work. That's work for us to do. More work for us to do. So I know some things that we've been seeing in the news is the sickle cell and the and the athletes about the dehydration and stuff. So what's going on with that? Is there education going on? What are we doing to stop this or bring light to this? Well, okay. So exertion, elevation, and dehydration, those are the three main risk factors that are associated with sickle cell trait in these uh, sudden death events or exertional events, as they're called. Um, very recently, I believe since May, there have been three collegiate athletes, and I'm so very disappointed to say there have been three that I know of, I'm sorry, four middle or high school athletes that have died. Uh, all of the coroner's reports are not in, but we know that there has been some association of exertion, and we have had no confirmation of sickle cell trait to date. But going back to that formula of exertion and hydration and what is needed but if you are thrust into a culture that associates water with weakness even to the point that the young athlete has decided that i don't need water I, i'm tougher than that i'm going harder this is the fourth quarter against Miami or whomever my rival is. Am I going to get water or am I going to go harder? And that young athlete is going to choose against his or her own body, going to choose against his or own body messages, something that's saying, I need to stop. I need to rest. I need to take a knee. I need to put my hands on my hips. I need to raise my arms above my head to let air into my lungs. I'm not going to do that because I'm not weak. I'm going through this wall. And that is, unfortunately, what continues to happen. Yes, education is happening. It's not happening fast enough and it's not happening widely enough. Uh, a community-based organization, I can tell you, we are not extremely well-funded. We are usually a whole bunch of passionate people mm -hmm. that have experienced a close loved one death or something like that, and we are just devoted to you know, getting the message out, but often we are robbing Peter to pay Paul to fund <laughs> right. our passion. So you, you know, and the, the unfortunate thing is these athletes are people, they're young men that should have grown up to be fathers and grandfathers and business owners and community activists themselves. But there is a culture that only sees them as a product, that sees them as a machine, that sees them as an animal, um, that, that, that sees them as beasts and they themselves see themselves as beasts and that's how they try to perform but they are humans with organs with blood right. and they need water they need so this type of education is is far and few between um, it's, it's not happening enough and unfortunately we keep experiencing these pretties and funerals we keep experiencing these premature deaths that especially on the sickle cell trait side, I believe are 100% preventable. If you allow all athletes, sing, single no one out, if the temperature is this high and we're gonna be in full pass today, then everybody's going to drink this much water every this many minutes 
and everybody's going to take this amount of rest. No questions asked, everyone's going to do it. That way you catch anybody that might have a heart issue or you might, or anyone that might have a sickle cell issue, but all of us that are just regular, we're, we're saved too. But you, you, you put these young people into these extreme situations with lacking, you know, necessary information that they need. And you have these athletes that are dying unnecessarily of uh, preventable deaths. I definitely agree. I think that, um, you know, conversations like these, like, I didn't even think about, you know, the app, like, you know, all of these athletic programs. And, you know, I, I see a lot of these kids in office and I have to, I'll have to look and I'll post it in the group, but for our, you know, our state, whether or not having sickle cell trait or sickle cell disease is on our sports physical exam, because we have a list of questions, you know, I know that like heart conditions and asthma, we ask all of those things, but I'm interested to look. So I'll definitely have to take a peek tomorrow. Um, you know, I've always been taught outside of the sports and I, you know, particularly in our community, a lot of these kids that live in these, you know, in toxic stress environments, um, the, it can exacerbate their sickle cell disease. So it's more than just, you know, the kid out playing football. It's the kid who, you know, mom works three jobs. And so they're in charge of all of their siblings. And, you know, it's that toxic stress that you don't even think it's a bad thing. It can, it can exacerbate their sickle cell. And they're, now they're back in the hospital in another crisis. Um, so, you know, it's really important to evaluate those things. I feel like because you can't see, you know, sickle cell disease, people think these kids are fine and they can do whatever. Um, I was at a, a seminar of some sort. I can't remember where it was, but the, um, the nurse practitioner was saying that she had a patient with sickle cell disease and she was like, he was a little bit of shorter stature, but anything would set him off. And she's yeah. like, I had to tell him, like, you need to get your anger under control. Yeah. It literally is killing you. Um, so just being aware of their limitations and some of the, you know, for our parents out there with kids with sickle cell trait and disease, making sure and like checking in with, you know, with these kids because they do try to go hard and team those yeah. and all that other, like, no, 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 no. Get your sleep. You need to make sure you're hydrated and all of that. So that's definitely a really good point. It's, um, I just would like to also make this point that I've, I've seen the, the statistics vary but I've seen it at 7%, I've seen it at 18%, but there is somewhere between seven to 18% of professional athletes, like the in, the in National Football League, that have sickle cell trait. So by no means am I saying that if you have sickle cell trait, you cannot engage in physical activity. In fact, I am saying the opposite. You can do whatever you wanna do with the right set of information, with proper hydration, with you know, managing your exertion and, and, you know, understanding how your oxygen levels can be threatened based on your elevation, whether it's deep sea diving or mountain climbing. Some people with trait have issues flying, uh, you know, whether it's they need to wear compression hose or get up and walk around to have the blood flowing. Um, everything, you know, each patient, sickle cell disease or sickle cell trait is, we, we describe them as snowflakes. As unique as a snowflake is from the next, there are no two snowflakes that are identical. Neither are sickle cell disease and sickle cell trait patients. Each one of them will have 
uh, varying experiences. And that it's a very important thing for them to know, for them to understand the baseline of their condition, whether it's trait or disease. And we haven't even talked about beta thalassemia or alpha thalassemia or mm -hmm. uh, Monroe and all the other variations of this blood disorder, just like a person knows they need an asthma pump. And uh, just to peek a little bit into my research, which was a full census uh, mixed method study that utilized focus groups. So we actually got to hear and transcribe their words, the words of the athletes who said things like, I won't feel stigmatized if I have sickle cell trait and I won't, I won't stigmatize my teammate. If, if, he, if he or she has earned their way out in that field, then they should be out there. I want my teammates to know, not only should I have been taught this in college, because that is the only time that the sickle cell trait test is mandated, other than the newborn screening. So there's no high school education about this going on, and there's no testing mandated in high school. Wow. There are some high schools that do it, but they're either extremely well-funded, you know, it's definitely a disparity issue there, um, but it should be. And the athletes said it, I should have learned this in high school. And then they went farther to say, this is something that shouldn't just be reserved for athletes, sorority members, fraternity members, uh, marching band, mm -hmm. people in dance troops and in, in, in dance clubs, they said, all students need to know this. All students need to be tested and every student should receive this education. And I, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. If, if nothing else for, you know, really driving home the family planning information that we mostly get about it, which is, you know, two people with sickle cell trait, you know, you have that 25% chance of birthing a child with sickle cell disease. But beyond that, how to take care of yourself what is my hydration level? What is my elevation? What's going on with my exertion? I need to hydrate before, during, and after. And all of this, we teach it through the As One Foundation in our Operation Hydration Sickle Cell Trade Education Program. But this is, you know, we, we're covering the territory that we can as much as we can, as fast as we can. And thankfully, through platforms like this, hopefully this extends our reach. But we, we got four uh, 400 or uh, 4 million people in the United States to reach. Right. Yeah, I definitely think more education. A lot of what I don't tell a lot of people and what a lot of people don't know about me is that I have the sickle cell, tra sickle cell trait. And so does like my twin sister and uh, my uncle died from sickle cell. So that's something that I really don't share a lot, but I can just remember growing, well, as growing up, my grandma and my mom would tell me how growing up with my uncle was very painful because at night at night he would just cry and just cry and he would just be like he's in so much pain and he just lived like he lived i hate to say it but like a the very painful um childhood um growing up because of the sickle cell so yeah, yeah. definitely more education so welcome back to part two to our sickle cell disease awareness um, video with Dr. Tamia Austin and Charlotte Walker. So a question that I wanted to ask you about was, can you tell us about the organization um, that you're currently working for and how it's bringing light to this issue? So I started uh, working with the As One Foundation in uh, March of 2010. 
at the time, the mission was to unlock and unleash the full potential of young people while encouraging them to achieve their dreams in the face of life challenges. That mission eventually became to educate and increase awareness of sickle cell trait while encouraging young people to achieve their dream in the face of life's challenges. And that life challenge thing is directly related to the fact that DeVard lost his brother, his identical twin, at Florida State back in 2001, February 26, 2001 to be exact. Uh, during those infamous mat drills, uh, DeVard and Devon, they, the entire team had to complete 60 four drills they had completed 63 and devard was on the devon was on the very last one um with sickle cell trait they were exerted but somehow devon became overexerted and but but he was also one of those athletes that was never going to quit he was he was going to go through that wall he was going to force his body to comply even when it was telling him you need to stop and then to add insult to injury, he's coached up to be told, your body is amazing. You'll pass out before you die. And Devon passed out once. Team was carrying him through the drill because if one man fails, the whole team fails, has to start over. Uh, he passed out again. The team is you know, still carrying him through. And he passed out again and died. And this was a tragedy in every sense of the word. This is Devon and Devard best friends, identical twins, each other's confidant in life. They had shared dreams that DeVard was now here faced with pursuing alone. Um, he lost his brother, but he also lost the ability to play football at their dream school because Florida State would not take on the liability of letting him play football there. So he ended up at Washington State where he played for two years, broke a lot of records, and was eventually drafted into the National Football League. And upon uh, going to the Baltimore Ravens, he started what would be named the As One Foundation. And that is out of the story of their birth, their mom, their doctors being born in the Bahamas. They did not know they were twins until Devon followed DeVard out of the birthing canal. Uh, the entire pregnancy, they had been hearing two hearts beating as one. So when Devon died, DeVard would cope by doodling two hearts beating as one. He would just doodle it, you know, just on pieces of paper and eventually got that, a design that was, looked like two hearts with chains wrapped around it, beating as one. And he would have that tattooed on his arm and that would eventually become the name of the foundation. And in 2012, we started, I actually wrote a program called Operation Hydration mm -hmm. that is simply a sickle cell trait education program that educates about exertion, hydration, and elevation, and in the precautions that are needed to be taken by young people that have sickle cell trait. Like I said before, it is not a death sentence. You can play. Seven to 18% of professional athletes have sickle cell trait. And they are Geno Atkins, you know, uh, there's uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Ryan Clark, even though he had to discontinue uh, playing because of the elevation in Denver, uh, they still are able to play. So that is pretty much our mission 
uh, now at the As One Foundation, and we go any and everywhere and try to educate as many parents, students, high school, on up to college, and even pro athletes about the importance of educating yourself about sickle cell trait, knowing your status, and being high, properly hydrated. Definitely so glad. Awesome. It's so awesome. awesome that you're like, such a, a good advocate yeah. for sickle cell. Um, what would you like individuals to take away from this discussion today about sickle cell? Um, the number one thing is to know your status. It is as important to me as anything else, knowing whether you're HIV positive, knowing that you're practicing safe sex, it is important to know your sickle cell trait status. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a, you can, uh, there's a um, not so sensitive, you know, sometimes inaccurate, but it's a much more affordable test. A lot of sickle cell, local sickle cell organizations offer the test free of charge. We do at the As One Foundation. It's a finger prick and you can know your status in six minutes. Oh, wow. uh, there's uh, some slight unreliability in it, but you can follow up with your own doctor. You can go to any lab, uh, like LabCorp or Quest Diagnostics, or just have your doctor draw your blood. And the more sensitive test is hemoglobin electrophoresis test that can not only tell you, excuse me, your sickle cell trait status, but it can tell you the percentage of abnormal hemoglobin in your blood. And, in it, and in, you can also request to be tested for the full panel of beta thalassemia, alpha thalassemia. I'm just asking for you to know, know your status. If, by golly, if there's anybody that has sickle cell trait or disease in your family, if you've heard anything like that, go and get tested. I mean, I, I'm just, there's countless parents that have said, I wish I had known. I would have made a difference. And there are other parents that say I still would have done the same thing. So, but at least you have the information. So number one is to know your status. Number two is practice good hydration on a daily basis, whether you have sickle cell trait or not. Practice good hydration, half your body weight in ounces. And if you think that your team, your city league, your youth league, your high school, your college, really need some reinforcements for education, then call us. Uh, you can reach us at the asonefoundation.org, all spelled out, asonefoundation.org. And we, within as much, as ability, as much ability as we have, we will come and educate your club or your league or even your coaches or your administrators um, on, on what we're trying to do so that we can continue to save lives. Amazing. Yes. This interview was so amazing. It was. We there, I feel like one thing that I really love about, you know, our program and us doing this is I feel like every time we have somebody on, because they have that level of expertise, like I always, like I always learn something. So, yep. me, you know, being a pediatric nurse practitioner, like I've learned so much. So it's, we definitely appreciate you taking the time and speaking with us today. Thank you, Dr. Honored. I am honored. I'm just so proud of you ladies for what you're doing. Your health is lit. I just think that's so amazing. <laughs> I, I really and we, we need your voices. We need your voices. You know, old fogies like me, you know, we're, we're getting educated, you know, but we need the young voices. I mean, one of the other big things is that our medical community, our young clinicians, our young physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians assistants need to know this and 
they don't know it and they don't know that they don't know. Right. So, you, you know, it's just imperative that this is another set of information that maybe they didn't get in nursing school. Maybe they didn't get in med school, but you know, they're going to deal with it one way or the other. So, you know, we, we also have a sickle cell trait education symposium where we actually educate uh, 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 clinical career seeking students to try to shift the paradigm toward this expert, this, you know, maybe some hematologists will come out of this. Maybe people will research it because we, we got to hit it at all angles. We got to educate the clinicians. We have to educate the, the affected population and we got to do it all with, you know, a few resources, but we're still going to do it. My question, I guess, for me is if, um, on your guys' website, do you guys have like teaching tools? So like, let's say I have a parent and their infant, you know, has come back positive with the sickle cell trait. Can I go on the As One Foundation website and like download a teaching tool or quick tips that maybe, you know, even if I can't explain all of it, I can, you know, disseminate to my parents? Yes. And I'm, I mean, right on cue, I would thank you so much for reminding me. We have uh, what we call uh, the Sickle Cell Trait Parents Guide. Um, it is the asonefoundation.org slash SCT for Sickle Cell Trait Parents Guide. Uh, it's an, a free download. It has tips for parents. They can take it to your kid's practice. You can take it to your doctor or nurse, ask questions. And it also includes tips on what types of things to take, especially if you're a parent of a physically active child. Because we don't discourage making them sit down. We, we, we absolutely, you know, are not saying they can't play. But you know, play and be armed with the best information possible. That's a free download. Obviously, they'll be linked to us as we do updates to that and add uh, to our uh, resources. But right now, that is uh, a very popular resource that we have available. So what we'll do is we can, we'll download it, um, we'll post it in the group, and then we'll also make sure that we add you guys' website onto our um, health literary, health but I can't talk. Help literacy resources. Uh, Wonderful. Just so that way, you know, people have access to information. So we are just so grateful that, um, you know, you took time. I know you're traveling and all of that to take time and kind of stop and talk to us. We really Very busy it. lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank goodness for Starbucks. <laughs> thank goodness. I'm sitting in the Starbucks parking lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> opportunity. Thank you. Thank you.